I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Olu. Hi, I'm Esther. And we will be speaking about appropriation versus appreciation on... Where are we now with Miles? Welcome back to the third episode of the Where Are We Now? The Shorts podcast series hosted by myself, Miles, in collaboration with Dancers Network, um, a part of the Dancers Network Where Are We Now? week-long campaign that commemorates the year anniversary of the brutal murder of George Floyd last year on the 25th of May. So this series is a collection of important conversations with people from the black community out here being what is known on my podcast, Get the Belt, as Melanin Magnificent. So that is people of colour out here just doing bits, making moves and just being magnificent um, in a multitude of ways. So in this episode, I am joined by two guests. We will be having the discussion that has become more apparent and prominent in the last few years, and that is appropriation and appreciation. Uh, What it means, how it affects different communities, our psyches, and how we see it play out in the dance world and outside. So I am joined by professional dancers and choreographers Olu and Esther, and we will get into this. But first, ladies, please introduce yourselves, your pronouns, and some of your proudest moments and biggest milestones in your careers. Hi! Yo, yo. (laughs) My name is Olu. I am a dancer, choreographer, mentor, and teacher. Pronouns are she and her, and I'm really excited to be here. Yay. Yes. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Esther, and yeah, pronouns she and her. Yes, I'm choreographer, uh, creative director, visual creator. Um, yeah, so great to be here. Also. Yes. Thank you so much, ladies, for coming on board and being a part of this like, much-needed uh, discussion. So where, where were you both born, by the way, and what are your heritages? Um, so I was born in London, UK, but I actually went back to Nigeria and went boarding school. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I am, my heritage is um, Nigerian, um, Yoruba to be specific. Okay. And See, I told you yes. that everywhere. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Every corner of the world, baby. In front of Bulgaria. Every <laughs> corner of the world. So yeah, proud Nigerian, Yoruba tribe. Um, but yeah, but I was born um, London, UK. What about you, Esther? Yeah, same. Um, I'm also, well, I was born in the UK, um, grew up, born and bred in East London, but I'm from Nigeria, green, white, green all day, Nigeria, we yes. rep, two, three, four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of people think I was born in Nigeria, but I was actually born in London. So okay. it's really weird. Like people are like, 
you're definitely you're definitely born in Nigeria. I'm like, I want to is it your is it your traditional African ways? You your Nigerian Yeah, I'm ways. so uh, I'm so nice. Like <laughs> I don't eat much British food. Like I love pounded yam, amala, amala, abula is Gary my favorite Amuta. food. <laughs> with sugar, with ice and sugar. That's ice, it. Ice, you know, because that's a you you gotta, you gotta put the ice. <laughs> so do you have a broom or do you have? <laughs> what do you? How do you sweep? <laughs> How do we sweep? Or do you are you are you bougie? Do you have Oh bags? no no I, I still have the you know the, the hoover and stuff like okay. that. But there are certain things like I still wash with the bucket and the t- but sometimes <laughs> I still have the bucket environmental environmental friendly, you know. <laughs> That's what I used. Yeah. I'm done. Well once again thank you so much for coming. Um I wanna start by asking you about your dance journeys. You go first, Olu. Um, oh gosh. So I actually when I tell this story, people are always shocked, but I actually wasn't interested in dance i was originally a singer please do not ask me to sing right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so i yeah i was i was originally a, a, a singer and i was in a group um, myself and two other lovely women um and i actually just got into dance because there was this after school dance club that made um us that we were able to stay up till i think it was half four or five and my school was only like a five minute um, journey from my home so mm-hmm. I always had to my curfew was 3.45 when we finished work at 3.30 and I thought okay if I join this like dance after school club like I can stay out later yeah. and that's how I like I just joined and I wasn't very good like I wasn't good but I really enjoyed it and then I was just like oh like I kind of like this and then I just continued it um, and it's been like almost 20 years um yeah and just trained with some incredible incredible choreographers teachers pioneers um a journey started off with hip-hop yeah um and that was some of my first teachers was kenrick sandy Mm -hmm. rhymes lacoyne um nexus generation if you are from back in the day yeah so i really threw myself into yeah just training and dancing and then I moved into choreography and teaching, um, which is where I kind of sit now in the industry and I do um, mentoring as well. Dope. Yeah. So um, you both jumped on the humble train when I asked you about your biggest achievements and things of that nature. So tell me, Olu, yeah, and tell everyone <laughs> listening, I need you to really big up yourself and speak from your chest. What are your biggest <laughs> achievements? Oh, gosh. Okay, so commercially, I'd say one of the most amazing jobs that I'd probably have been on was um brit awards rihanna and drake this is when um work came out um yeah yeah yes honey so yeah that was that was an incredible experience and then just choreography wise i think what plateaued me i guess in the afro scene world was working on mr easy's um legover mm-hmm. um which esther always gets recognized from all the time um, and yeah, I've just worked with like yeah, a variety of people in the Afro scene now, which I've been blessed to do. So like yeah, David O, worked with Lethal B, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I d- I'm not gonna carry on because I always no, get embarrassed. Too, man. I know, I always just get Shine so so. Jason I know, true. <laughs> yeah, Jason Derulo. Okay. <laughs> You've done Steph London um, as well. Steph London, like, exactly. Yeah, thank you, thank you guys, thank you for helping me. <laughs> I always, always struggle with this question. Because the resume is just so long. Oh, my God. It must be hard I to know, remember all I the know. achievements. I know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so, yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm so grateful. Like, any opportunity that comes up, I'm like... Well, babe, like you said, you immersed yourself into it and you worked hard. So it, it was like you woke Thank up you. and was all of a sudden, you know, yeah. on set with Rihanna. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly, yeah. So I'm, I'm super grateful. I'm grateful. 
and your journey, your 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 dance journey has to come through. Oh come yeah, I need mic. to. I feel like I need to cut this one short because this. <laughs> oh, this is a long one. Um, but yeah, I kind of started out first of all when I was like in year six. I actually started my own dance group um, at ten years old. Come on. Um, and I remember the first track. And we, what tribe are you again, sorry? Nigerian Yoruba. Yoruba. <laughs> See yes. you guys are everywhere. <laughs> We're always everywhere. <laughs> Um, so I remember I started that um, the group and we danced to our first one we danced to was Cisco Unleash the Dragon and oh, I remember man. how I had to beg my teacher to dance to that track because I was like I need to choreograph to this it's amazing so that was like my first I guess thing mm-hmm. I felt like from there I just felt like there was something I felt from dance that I can't explain from mm-hmm. that young age um, I, I guess that's where it started from and then I didn't actually start training until I went on Night Dance Clash I don't know if you remember Night Dance Clash that happened in yeah. 2007 Mm-mm. I entered. Um, mm. I just wanted to enter and see, and then I got to the final. That was the um, competition that Clara Bajado won. Um, she's like a, I think she's a house dancer now. Yeah. She does dare okay. to is it dare to dance that she does? Dance, yeah. yeah, she be she supreme. be supreme. Yeah. Right. So that was the competition she won, and I was sixteen at the time, and I felt like okay, there is something I must have for me to get to the final. I'm seeing Kenrick Luther Brown was one of yeah. like the judges. Um, Sophia Butella back then. I don't know if you remember like Sophia Butella. Then I think from there, that's when I thought, okay, I probably need to take dance seriously. And that's when I joined Nexus Generation um, as a hip-hop dancer. So I trained a lot with Mega, Chucky. Um, and then from then, I went into... I kind of stopped. There was a point where I was like, dance isn't for me anymore. And then I, yeah. I just quit for about three or four years. And then one day, I just felt like... I, so I saw CEO dancers on BGT, and I was like... Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I I need to come back. There's these signs the that again, yeah. <laughs> the file and then I messaged Olu and I randomly I saw I I saw her group um on a th- I forgot what it was called. I think it was Afrobeat Afrobeat Festival and I saw Project G mm. performing and I actually commented on that video like oh, I love this I love this like choreo and stuff like that. Then I messaged her on I think it was Facebook or Instagram. Facebook, yeah. And I was like, I kind of want to come back to dance, but I don't know how to. Then she was just like, come to my class, I, yeah. I like, and train with my group. And then I kind of like went that way again into yeah. Afro. So I trained with her for, well, only for a bit, for about, like, was it a year? And um, we continued training and doing like shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting into the music video world. And then I came across this sound called Ngom, which is from SA, mm-hmm. um, South African kind of sound. And then I kind of went into the style of genre of dance, which is benga, um, which is like a heavy footwork style. Then from there, that's when I started doing a lot of shows with like DJs, um, like hosting. I got signed by a label called Ngom Or, and they're based here, um, but they they basically manage DJs in South Africa. So I was like the person brought on to choreograph and do things. So yeah, that's like the journey so far. That's where I'm at. <laughs> and so you also left out your achievements. Come on. Oh God. Okay. Um, yeah, there's so many, but I I say the one I I relish the most is being. Well, I was booked to perform with one of the Af- South African DJs in Reunion Island, and I've okay. never been there. Yeah. Happened December 2019, and just before just before COVID, literally. <laughs> um, and it was probably the best experience of my life. Yeah. Like being booked to just go out there. I remember like getting there and just feeling like, wow, this is crazy. Like they've booked me just to perform with this DJ and host in this place. I've never, I don't even know what, I can't even speak their language. (laughs) So yeah, that's what I just thought that was so amazing. But yeah, that's my greatest achievement. (laughs) Wicked. Uh, So when on your your dance journeys um, or where or how did you discover native or Afro style dances? 
Um, I think for me, I, I mean, it's always kind of been integrated in our lives, I'd mm. say from from when we was born really whether that's like parents or grandparents yeah. the african hall parties yeah. where there's crates of super mall everywhere like yeah. <laughs> you've, we've always kind of you know been around and exposed to like the music and just the way of life i would say but i think african dance rap afro dance as we know it now i would say i was probably um introduced to reintroduced i'd say um mm. and kind of wanted to immerse myself in it 2012 okay i want to say quite a while and i think this is when fuse odg um kind yeah. of did a zonto and like it on just the tram yeah 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 <laughs> and it changed do any the of you guys sound. know that couple by the way yeah homebros yeah, home is it? yeah no those are brothers man yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're amazing yeah so that was when i was kind of, and this was when i was um i really wanted to start doing open classes and i mm. always said to myself if I can't walk into a class and teach with my eyes closed, knowing exactly what I'm teaching, I, I'm just not going to do it. Um, and I want, and although like I had trained in hip hop for so long, something, I don't know, it, there just wasn't that connection of me wanting to teach an open class in hip hop. Um, and as soon as I discovered I'm African, I was like, yeah, this is, this mm. is it. So I probably spent about, mm, I want to say three years, four years, just kind of like making sure that although even though it's like it's my heritage mm -hmm. and, you know, that's where I originate from. But I didn't want to just make that an excuse of, yeah, I know it yeah. all. So just reading and kind of speaking with people and like learning where I can, YouTube, Instagram, mm -hmm. people from London who already kind of knew a little bit about it. Um, and then I started teaching and it's been god how long has it been like maybe eight years i would say but um always to the student yeah because there are 54 countries yeah. in africa and each country has its own tribe yeah <laughs> like many. variety of tribes yeah. many tribes so i think that's what excites mm. me about um being in this um dance genre that like there's just always something to learn yeah um and not necessarily just from the dance side of things but just culturally mm -hmm. food music um clothes jewelry yeah. um language um there's always something to learn and that that's really exciting for me so, it's interesting yeah. that you say you found like you were connected uh with you know this style of dance first and foremost at home in mm -hmm. family in the community so mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily the media mm -hmm. where you saw it and were like mm -hmm. oh that's what i want what about no. you estelle where were you introduced to it exactly the same thing um mm. funny enough <laughs> i just found this out recently my dad was a big dancer. <laughs> yeah. Really? How are you just running that now? Well, I guess because oh. I just started rekindling my relationship with okay, my dad. Yeah. So it was only that in our conversations that it was like, I found out he was a big dancer back in the day. Wow. So now it makes sense where yeah. I got it from. So I guess, and I, I used to remember him dancing at parties, but mm -hmm. I never like remembered, I guess, him being a professional dancer because mm. he never said that until he kind of like unveiled it. And I was like, you what? Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. So I guess, yeah, I've been introduced by jeans. By jeans. <laughs> Can you imagine? So what do you think the importance of dance is within the black uh, community? Um, it's how we express, isn't mm. it? So depending on what country you're looking at and what tribe you're looking at, it's a way of them celebrating someone's life. Mm. Um, 
even in like even with like i don't know funerals yeah. someone passes away and they have a funeral there's there's a celebration dance for that there's a celebration dance for when someone gets married there's it's just the way we communicate um without words and i think it's just yeah it's beautiful and in the black community it's just it sets us apart mm. i think um and i think that's something that's quite important in the black community just not just even just africa specifically but just in general as, i think it yeah, yeah as, a people. as a people yeah it sets us apart and i think that's it's what binds us together mm. i think so. do you think that there is accurate and enough representation of the afro community in mainstream media and arts wow the sigh is the sigh for me is <laughs> <laughs> the sigh and the eyes widening for me <laughs> you already know my answer to that one yeah um i feel like there could be more yeah. Um, I, I feel like we're only gracing the surface when mm. it comes to the actual media itself. Mm. And I, I'd say in terms of commercially, yeah, I feel like not the right, I, I, I don't want to say people, but not the, the right styles are not being shown mm -hmm. in the right way. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we still have a lot of work to do to get those yeah. to the forefront. I feel like, yeah, that's not been done yet. So. I feel like as you both said, like when I asked you wherever you introduced, you both said home, family. It mm. wasn't in the media, yeah. it wasn't out there, it wasn't mainstream. So that's a really interesting point. With that being said, as opposed to seeing, you know, being seeing yourselves or the dance styles represented in solely in the black community and family and stuff like mm -hmm. that, um, was it in mainstream media when you were growing up or in your early careers? Um. I think it depends on what you view as mainstream mm. yeah. media. So, for instance, when I was living in Nigeria, it was. Yeah. Because that is our mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> Do you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Fair. So, back home, to, to us, it's just like, of course you were going to see um, an African artist music video yeah. everywhere. Of course you were going to see them on billboards, hear them on the radio. That was, like, standard. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at people like Fela, Fela Kuti, yeah. um, and if you're going even before Afrobeats, like, Fuji music, if you're looking at people like Shino Peters, yeah. like, those were, like, our Literally. role models, mm -hmm. right? Like, and you were, like, oh, my... And the messages that they used to... Um, used to put out there and stuff was just incredible. So, if, to me, like, the, the answer to that question was yes, but then coming back to London... Um, and then not seeing it as much and because I was quite young after a couple of years your norm starts to change right yeah, and then you get yeah you get used to not really seeing like African artists or hearing um, that music Every, even going to raves right mm -hmm. before it was like hip hop hip hop hip hop house music yeah. funky yeah. house and then the one the one like Afro Beach yeah, track, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. Literally, and they would play like half of the songs. Um, in comparison to now, which I guess you can kind of think, you know, social media, mm. um, and you know, some artists have really like pushed through and like broken barriers to now be on on mainstream TV and radio. But like Esther said, it's nowhere near like you know it's nowhere near what what it should be mm. um and i guess to some people it's almost like we should be grateful oh yeah but I, yeah i see that I, like for me it's mm. like mm, no because when you look at the influence mm -hmm. of black culture and black music and Fox. african music mm -hmm. um 
to the me the reach is reaching the, the reach yeah. is very much reaching honey yeah. and like i always say like even just as a dancer choreographing i'm one of those dancers that i like to like i don't know i'll choreograph on like a drill song because mm. i find that africa and everything yeah like, to me everything yeah. is african facts everything yes. is african <laughs> come on like, yes do you know what i mean like yeah. the, un- the, un- the undertones the un- and i don't think that's something that i sat there and studied i think that's just from my upbringing yeah. like that's just what it is um so it definitely is nowhere near what it should be but i won't deny and say like it's not amazing to see that mm-hmm. it's finally like kind of pushing through and stuff with art it's like burner boy and like yeah. Wizkid and yeah, david o and mm-hmm. remar and like all these incredible um artists that are doing their thing so i think it's 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 great yeah have you faced struggles uh, within the dance community, professionally and personally, regarding your style of movement? If so, like what? Come on, Esther. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'll use like my my experiences. So the type of style of dance I do is very mm. much footwork heavy. Yeah. So it's not expected for a woman to dance, I guess, the way I dance. Mm-hmm. So initially when i went to a lot of inter- I, I remember at one point i was auditioning heavily for like afro jobs mm-hmm. and they'd be like oh my gosh they wouldn't expect it so they expect me to be like oh yeah i'm gonna do my little sexy move yeah, and like give a little twerk, frost twerk, my boot yeah, yeah exactly yeah but I'm and then <laughs> now i'm starting to do footwork they're like what, oh, what? Wow. they're like so shocked like oh my gosh and they're like you're good but that was always the thing you're good but we're looking for this we're looking for that probably won't go into the other uh, has probably I, I guess later I, I guess with skin tone mm-hmm. but that was also an issue i guess mm. even with a, a lot of auditions and i would see who would get picked and then i'd look at the girls who were behind and i'd be like okay this is it's obvious the reason why i didn't here. get through so yeah that was a big thing I, I guess what that's one of my experiences and that was a big thing in terms of me auditioning especially for afro jobs mm-hmm. um yeah what about you Olu? Yeah, I think this is probably one of the reasons why I wanted to get into choreography and also building my own lane as well mm-hmm. because I wanted to take charge of, you know, how I'm presented to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, like Esther said, like I think we've all kind of come for experience. And before it became mainstream... You know, you walk into a room and they're like, you just freestyle, do your thing. You know, you yeah. hear that all the time on the brief, yeah. right? Do your thing. Like, just, you know, we want to see you. We want to see your individuality. Yeah. But actually, unbeknownst to us, the dancers, like, that do your own thing, quote unquote, is actually bo- boxed in. Because mm. in their minds, they have a particular, what that looks like, mm. do your own thing, right? Mm. So when you, when you come there and then you do something that is your own thing, but maybe something they're not familiar with it's like okay we, we we don't know where to where to place this like what are we and to me i'm probably going to get flack for this but i think that's lazy creativity that's that's it's, no, it's very serious. yeah it's, la- it's lazy creativity because yeah cause literally that is fa- then the, yeah no, no, yeah no, it's it lazy creativity because when you see something that's unique and then your 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 thought as a creative is i don't know what to do with this so i'd rather just not because also watch them film that audition and then watch your choreography or watch your do your own thing show up in in, in the job 
yeah. right and we've okay. actually there's been <laughs> there's been an experience of that before yeah. where you know that yeah they, they they film it and it's like oh it's not quite what we're looking for and then and then you but see then the video Esther's footwork is in the video that she's not the, fo- the footwork, the footwork is, is in not there. in the music video with and the light skin girl doing it so right, how's it gonna be like, <laughs> what is going on here Crazy. buddy or with the white person doing it even better wow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so um i think yeah what we've tried to and, and Esther um, has been doing it as mm. well with her um, movement um, and unique style that she does. Um, I think we're just trying to create opportunities for ourselves and for mm. people within our community mm. um, as well, where we're sitting on the on the leadership table and we yeah. can give those opportunities. Yeah, now. we are the gatekeepers, um, and I think that's where when you talk about preservation and stuff, people mm-hmm. call it policing and i know esther hates that word and i i i'm not a fan of that word yeah it comes with either yeah yeah (laughs) because i think the intention is important when you start throwing words out there it's not policing it's just me trying to preserve yeah um my culture so instead of me begging for that opportunity you have every right to more so than many of the people absolutely 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 so for me um my journey right now and where i'm going my priority is to continue being a gatekeeper and continue being someone who i build myself up to the point where i can give opportunities back to my own people many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So... We have seen a big rise, as we said before, in the popularity of Afrobeats music and dance. Uh, just before, you know, Black Square Summer 2020 with Wizkid, like, coming to Croydon, headlining a festival. Never would have seen that happening. Uh, Tiwa Savage, amongst other Afrobeats artists, like, to bring it all to the forefront. Uh, but the surge after Black Lives Matter happened and, the, you know, the death of uh, George Floyd, George Floyd, sorry, has been astronomical. But it's been not just artists of African heritage, but Caribbeans, African-Americans. What has your experience been of this recent popularity of Afrobeats 
music and dance? Um, oh, I feel like there's it's, it's been a mixture of mm. loads of things. I can see, of course, with I guess like things like TikTok, yeah, like being introduced as a huge thing for like I guess the culture, the food, like. Now they were, I think at one point they were doing like a foo foo challenge and people were trying to test yeah, that. Not like, even. Yam uh, with good pussy yeah. and like say, like, they want to try it. I want to see how it tastes. Like, is it tasting good and stuff like that. But I could see there was a huge, it was great, I guess, in terms of like, I could see now visually there was more things to do with, mm-hmm. I guess, Afrobeat music, with the culture itself, with dance. Like, that was picking up a lot everywhere. Um, sometimes I, feel, I questioned the intention behind it. If I was being 100%, I was mm-hmm. thinking, mm, if George Floyd didn't die, God rest his soul, yeah. would this have taken place? Mm-hmm. If there wasn't this huge thing now with BLM, would this have happened? Would we have seen this spike in terms mm-hmm. of everything? So it didn't really seem genuine. It didn't seem genuine. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I felt like, it, although it is great to see that, I, I always question whether this would have ever happened yeah. if on that those unfortunate events didn't mm-hmm. occur. So yeah that's that's how i felt about it and i still kind of feel that way but i kind of just i kind of i guess embrace um the things that are happening now because a lot of us are working much more than we were five or six years ago we're doing a lot more things i guess that we would love to do within our own culture that wasn't we weren't able to do before um so i guess that's the great thing about it but yeah that's why i say on that one (laughs) yeah what about you olive has it been positive or negative this you know um so yeah same probably same um yeah answer as esther to be honest on one hand obviously it's great to see Mm -hmm. the rise of it um but on another hand like esther said i i just questioned the intention Mm -hmm. behind it and it's almost like well if if george floyd rest his soul didn't pass away you know would this have happened um it, it, it almost feels like almost like he was a sacrifice yeah and i I think yeah yeah. so then when when i have this discussion like whether with friends or colleagues or who or even on social media um because that's always at the back of my mind i think i'm a bit more defensive Mm -hmm. and and sometimes you you can come across as argumentative and stuff like because when that's attached to someone's death right so I'm going to qu- I'm going to question. I can't just clap for yeah. everyone who puts pounded jam on their TikTok yeah, and and be grateful for yeah. that because you know because okay you've put up a black screen oh but I acknowledged he said I acknowledged what's happening with the BLMs I acknowledged it so but but look I've got like I can't just be like oh my god amazing I'm so happy that yeah. I can't I can't do it so if I have to look like or appear like the bad guy. But that means that I am protecting my culture. Then it it is what it is. At the end of the day, I, I think I can sacrifice looking at the bad guy if someone was basically a sacrifice for all yeah. of this conversations to happen. Mm-hmm. His life, he's no longer here. Do you know what I mean? So I think I can take that bullet. So yeah. as I as I stated before, like we've seen many different artists. Uh, either continue or like find a new sense of pride within like African culture or their heritage or just even if they're not even if that isn't their heritage but they just want to you know pay homage to African 
culture, history and whatnot. One of those big examples, I think, was Beyonce's Black is King. Now, she is a black woman. However, she did, we did see her get dragged by Africans, um, by black people saying that, you know, that she was appropriating um, black or West African culture um, when she put out what she put out and that was despite the message which was a good message that was despite the amount of jobs that she created for you know Africans around the globe here in England in Africa she traveled um like what is your stance on people of color especially black people connecting with or using African culture or characteristics in their work yeah yeah yes yeah, so this is like a thing that I I, I kind of like I'm really passionate about it's because mainly especially in the Afro beats culture or Afro dance at the moment um, we have this I, I wouldn't say I, I feel like we have this running theme where um, some of us understand that it's a culture that we must embrace but we must understand and have knowledge behind mm -hmm. but then there are also some who are within it that see it as I'm just going to use certain phrases to describe the style. I don't care really about the knowledge of it just because I need to sell my classes. Yeah. And that is so damaging. Mm. And that still comes across as a way of, okay, you don't really care about the culture, but you are from the culture. So mm. you should care. Yeah. You should care about the knowledge behind it. You should care about how it's being processed by others because you are actively you have a huge part in that in terms of how that culture is passed on mm -hmm. because when you are teaching something or teaching a dance style someone's going to learn it that has no clue about what you're talking about so they're yeah. going to take that and run with it yeah. so it's almost like a domino effect yeah. where okay you've passed it on to that person they're going to think that's that's bible and then continue with it and it's just so damaging and that's such a big thing within our in our i guess the afro dance community which we're trying to like stop would you say that it um because when you went to say what you were saying in my head straight away, I thought responsibility, mm. you know, responsibility, responsibility. And when something has a lot of value, for example, like uh, me, I love an analogy. Yeah. So like a house, mm -hmm. you are responsible with your house keys, who sure. you put, who, where you put them, who you leave them with, because that's that's your house. It means a lot. There's respect for it. It means something. It's got value. Would you say then that unfortunately that that sense of value isn't on you know black culture in this case you know african culture and that sense of sense of responsibility just isn't there it's just like oh because we don't really have this value we're not even going to do our research we don't care who we're going to pass these keys on to or whatever we're just gonna just do work, it because as, it's as not long as it's working for me yeah whoever gets the key after is is yeah. not my business it's, that is so um, mm. I think with just to go back to the Blackest King um, example, yeah, I think I would. I'm kind of fifty fifty mm -hmm. with it, um, and I think it's because it would be great to have an insight to the other side to see, okay, what. So to someone who didn't necessarily or wasn't a fan of it, I would like to hear maybe what more mm -hmm. she could have done. That's not me saying that like everything was done absolutely perfectly, absolutely, and and I I, I love the film personally, mm -hmm. but me too. I and yeah, but I understand why the conversation has yeah. been brought up, and it would be interesting to hear. Okay, what 
what could it what was the solution yeah because I, I, i'm a solution-based person so we yeah. can complain 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 but okay what, what can we what? do yeah to make it better so i i get the complaint but i think it would be interesting in order for me to either have a debate about it to know okay what's the rebuttal what what, what would you have liked her to do yeah. more of um so yeah I, I don't know if i'm quite sure how to to answer it yes do you do you both feel like, especially when we like speak about, you know, responsibility that a, someone of black heritage can appropriate mm, mm. their own culture? hundred percent. And, sounds, yeah, and okay, I will is, come down yeah. harder yeah. on Much someone harder. because of that responsibility. Because, because of that. Mm. Because, and, and in some instances, I actually think we are worse. Yeah sometimes because wow. i think we there is this sense of entitlement come um <laughs> what is this on my arm <laughs> can we stop like go on no, don't stop go, go, go. But yeah there is like this sense of of entitlement i'm going to yeah. use myself as an example yeah just so like we're not saying oh i'm coming for anyone i'm going to use myself as an example mm-hmm. i am nigerian yoruba mm-hmm. i live in the london uk mm-hmm. i haven't been back to nigeria since I was 15, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So, just because I'm Nigerian, does that give me automatic autonomy to start teaching? Automatically, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. I haven't been back. I'm 35 now. Yeah. I haven't been back. And now I look good. And now I said, oh, look at the spring chicken. This is the way you look and the way you moved in the audition to get. I thought this is my ex mate. <laughs> Um, yeah, it doesn't give me automatic autonomy, yeah. especially with the styles that I'm interested in. A lot of them are from the streets. It's mm-hmm. not no studio thing. Like, it's from the streets. I am not on the streets mm-hmm. of Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I am on the streets of Croydon. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it does not ma- Although, yes, it's in my blood. And when I do finally learn it, it might come more naturally to me. Yeah. 100% but it's my responsibility to have conversations mm. with dancers from back home right what is happening there what are the new mu- how can we what does this mean why has this style even come about what is the intention behind it's my responsibility yeah. to do that same as I'm Nigerian I now want to learn a style from Ghana yeah I'm not Ghana it doesn't matter yeah. if I'm African I'm not Ghanaian people seem to think that it's like, not Africa the same. is one no. White people, they'd be like, Oh, you're from Africa. That's her being like, Yeah, I'm from Europe. But France Where? is very different to Italy, bruv. There, you like the exactly. pizza don't bang in France like it's in Italy. <laughs> exactly. Okay? Same way the jollof in Ghana doesn't, anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we went there. We went there. Oh, no. No, but it's true. So, yes, I'm African. Yes, I'm black. And, uh, and yes, it is something that binds us together, mm. being all under the same continent. However, the Ghanaian culture is completely different mm. to the culture in Nigeria. So if I want to learn their way of moving, I have to understand it. Yeah. I'm f- not from there. So what do I do? I have to research. I have to connect with them. And also, if I'm then going to use that, what I've learned, the knowledge I've learned, to then start when money starts coming into yeah. it, I'm now making money from it. It's now a career of mine. Yeah. Um, I giving back in what yeah. way? And sometimes giving back is not always financial. It doesn't always have to be financial. But yeah. how am I um, circling that money back into that culture that mm-hmm. has given me something? That's a gift. Yeah. They've given me something because they've given me knowledge that I'm now able to use mm-hmm. to make money and to to spread yeah. the word. Right. 
So what, what am I doing to give back? So to me, I come down harder. I know Esther does, so she, Esther's going to say her own piece, but mm-hmm. I see it as worse. And I hate to say it, but it's almost like when someone who is outside of the culture does it, I, although, yes, you, you call it out, but it's almost expected, to yeah. be honest. It's, no, it's no, expected. Yeah. And I'm just like... I'm gonna come like down on you. Someone else is that like, you should know. You better. should know better. You should yeah. know better. You should know better. So that's yeah, so interesting that's where that I you should say though, because you know when I do ask uh, black people, do you feel like we can appropriate? Sometimes, not always. Mm-hmm. People are very close-minded. Like no, no, that like, we're black. We're black, and I do feel like it's way, it's way more than that. It's mm-hmm. way, way more. Yeah. Than that. Before I pass it on to Esther, I'm gonna give an example. Mm-hmm. So in Nigeria. The material that we wear, our traditional material, is different to the uh, traditional material in Ghana. Mm-hmm. So now I want, I'm gonna wear kente material, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Me not knowing what each cut. So in the kente, from what I know, when they paint it on, each color represents something different. Mm-hmm. So me just putting it on now, and I don't know nothing about the. How do I know yeah. I'm not? you know, wearing something that is meant to be specifically for... the for, birth of something, for, and you're at a funeral. Exactly. And now everyone's looking at you crazy. Like, are you you're trying to say... But more? because you're black <laughs> and you know, and you can't appropriate and look dumb, you, we can. Exactly. Or Definitely. it's a fashion statement. Yeah. Everyone's wearing kente now, so me too, I'm yeah. going to wear kente. Do you know what I mean? Not knowing that that specific pattern of that kente represents something else. It, like, it's a, that is appropriating. Yeah. Like, I'm using it just as a fashion statement. It is, that's what it is. Like, mm. and whether I'm black or African or not, pink, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's what it is. So, exactly. yeah. That's dumb. Yeah, so, using myself as an example, because I actually could really use myself as an example. Um, so, of course, being Nigerian, I started out in the Afro scene, but as I mentioned, I picked up on Ngom, which is a genre from South Africa. And in 2016 is when I started training in the, the South African style Benga. So, of mm. course, I'm Nigerian and I'm doing a street style from SA. Yeah. So, that took me a while. I didn't start teaching the style and I didn't even feel comfortable to teach the style until, like, I think we got to midway 2019. Mm. Um, and I taught the style first, I think, at um, Olu's camp, Afro mm. Queen's dance camp. Um, and that's when I felt comfortable you wouldn't see people four years into deep into knowledge of a dance style. Most now, after two two months, three months, they're teaching yeah. it. And now you see like there's a big thing with a my piano now. Like that's big in the UK. It's big everywhere. I feel like maybe because of my initial training within the essay style helped me go into that because it's very popular now mm-hmm. with a my piano. People want to do the classes. People want to hire you. But I could even see like from now, like how people have just started doing the style. They have no knowledge of it even the 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 movement behind it they don't understand and you can see it and it's black people doing it Mm. majority is black people doing it and they don't care you can see there's the nonchalant thing where it's like i just like it i'm just gonna post even sometimes the way they do it and what they say when they're posting i'm just like you've basically said that i don't i don't give two f's Mm -hmm. i'm gonna post this because i like it but you're doing it wrong it's things like that and yeah for me it makes it seem like i don't know it's almost like there was a responsibility for me because south africans i've built such a huge relationship especially with the dancers and the choreographers in mm-hmm. SA. so almost they're looking at me like essie dag esther dag yeah are you the one teaching these people in the uk yeah. and it's just like it's really not me it's i'm not. really sorry <laughs> it's not me like i'm just i'm just doing my thing and then yeah. so 
I'm using myself as an example because I was one of those people where I really felt kind of like, how do I describe it? I felt a bit nervous about even learning the style and understanding the style because I felt like, oh, people might feel like, oh, I'm appropriating myself mm -hmm. because it's, a, it's not a style I grew up in. Um, but after some time, I felt like, okay, I'm comfortable with the style and I understand the style. And I've gone out of my way to even give opportunities to the dancers in SA because mm. like, I did something called SA Live. It was big during COVID. Like I did it online, it sold out. And there was like five okay. teachers from South Africa, South Africa mm. and they were teaching an online, basically like class. Um, it was very popular and I was giving back that way. They didn't know. They were like, oh my gosh, like, cause they're so like South Africa, South Africa. They didn't yeah, know yeah, that yeah. it was so big overseas. Yeah um yeah so things like that and yeah i just feel like we need to do better <laughs> much better So in this discussion, we are obviously talking about appropriation versus appreciation. So what is appropriation for you, Olive? So <laughs> I've like, because I've spoken about this topic quite a few times with like loads of different people, um, I actually, me being the geek that I am, I actually like went to Google what, what in terms like appreciation versus appropriation like what generally what the world wide web um yeah. defines it as and i actually found one that um that i think defines it quite well mm -hmm. so it says appropriation is simply taking adopting or cherry picking one aspect of a culture that is not your own and using it for your own personal interest mm -hmm. um and then it goes on to say simply one requires permission i.e. cultural exchange and the other is without the permission yeah so basically like an example would be like the outfits that i was saying yeah. like you just wearing an outfit and not understanding why um because it's the new fashion statement i think that kind of en encompasses it mm -hmm. i think in a nutshell um when you appreciate it you're seeking to learn more yeah about it um and when you're appropriating it it's just for your own personal gain what about you esther what is appropriation to you um i would say oh okay best way to describe it would be someone who understands that what they're doing is wrong <laughs> mm -hmm. but still do it because of ulterior motives All right. so things like for example when we say appropriation itself like it's when you you know that that thing you're doing like you know you're not really too sure about it but you kind of don't care and then yeah. you just think okay well i know it because i'm from that place or whatever and then i'm just gonna do it because i need to do this or i need to sell this or i need to make money here and it's ulterior motives incentivized so it's not actually you haven't taken the time to feel okay I know the knowledge you have a responsibility like you were saying before like i know i understand that this is something i need to probably invest in or get more knowledge on but mm -hmm. you just feel like okay forget it i'm just gonna do what i need to do because i feel like maybe i need to be famous or i, I need to make yeah. more money from it um that's for me in in all contexts kind of represents appropriation because when you think about it most things or most people the reason why people do do it is because of those motives yeah do you guys see it a lot online or firsthand? Oh, both. Really, I'll say yeah. both. Yeah, definitely both. Like, <laughs> I mean, we can speak specifically to mm. 
dance mm. in particular um yeah you see you see it all the time it's like esther might do um the start that she does binga um and you know people might not buy into it because you know it's not palatable for them yeah but then suddenly you might see you know maybe a caucasian person um doing it and then all of a sudden it's it's like popular and it's um it's trendy to do and then everywhere everyone's doing it now mm-hmm. and on one hand it it's such a weird juxtaposition because on one hand it's like oh great people now know about about it and there's more visibility mm-hmm. but then on the other hand it's like i know that person probably just doesn't care as much yeah like so why did it take you know a caucasian person to do it maybe but equally <laughs> equally as well within our own mm. community it might be that like it's a black person who um is is more popular on on social media that might do something that someone else has been trying to do for like you know years and mm-hmm. spend years working on their craft and they're trying to be careful because it's not their culture and they're trying to and then all of a sudden this popular person just does like one move and they're like yeah like i'm doing this and everyone's like oh my god it's amazing and you're there like uh yeah cool it's only been yeah. about 100 years but great thanks. once again in my head i'm thinking again this work keeps on coming up like responsibility responsibility yeah. and i guess it's it's that person's responsibility in the community to go do I know enough? Am I, do I hold enough value to mm-hmm. undertake this? Because like you said before, S, I think you said it is a gift. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you really value it, you're not just, you're not just going to be like, oh yeah, I'll take this willy nilly. Like, cause you don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But if you do, it's like, no, nah, I can't take this. This needs mm-hmm. to go like over there yeah. because there's that sense of care. Yeah. So would you, would you say that that sense of care is then like, just not, it's just not there for these kind it's of things. With, like. It's within certain circles, I would say. If we're talking specifically yeah. about dance, it's within certain certain circles. But then in other... And don't get me wrong, like, no one's trying to say no one can't have fun because yeah. we always get this, like, rebuttal after. It's like, yeah. gosh, guys, I like, calm to, down. Yeah. It's not that deep. At least people know about it now. But I think something as simple as signposting. So they do it a lot in, in dance hall, for instance, where, like, you know, someone might put out, like, a choreograph a dance or choreography and although like they might not be from jamaica they will always say at the end maybe oh um uh giving credit to these dance creators right or whatever or do you know what i mean right. S- something simple like that can literally combat or or, or rebut or what anyone might say like oh you're appropriating because you're 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 doing it yes and we know that you you enjoy it and you love it but then they're signposting people to who they can research Perfect. on. Do you know what I mean? Something as simple. It doesn't take a lot. It cancels out any argument that you might need to have. That's it. That's all mm-hmm. you need to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like because of the new online world mm-hmm. that we're in now, people yep. don't want to give... It's like giving away followers. I don't want to tag this person in there because people They're might... They're working from a place of lack. That's this why is what I'm saying. And it's abundance. just like, it takes, it takes nothing really for you yeah. to to signpost people yeah. or, yeah. or and it just, or yeah, yeah it just it, it, it i don't know one so like one of the things that we do hear quite a lot especially once again within our own community is you know oh we can't have anything or like they've got to take this they've got to take that like when we say that like Essa, like what do we mean like when we say those kind of things well i think it's <laughs> It's because, okay, this goes back to, uh, I, I'm going to take from my history degrees because I studied history. Come on, oh, degree! So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Educated, okay. Lord, yes. yeah, 
yes, everyone feels like to study dance, but unfortunately, I came from a Nigerian household. No, they're, not gonna, they're not gonna allow you to do dance, boy. Yeah. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. So, um, I, I'm gonna take it from that. And I remember um, when I did my dissertation, I did it on slavery, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually wow. delved a bit more into slavery than a lot of people. You know, everyone knows that, like the the, the face value of slavery, like yeah. what happened. But I really delved into the aspects of racial prejudice and why, where it started, and why it started. If you really know the history of it, you'd know that white supremacy as an ideology was put in place to control black people. Yeah. It was put in place to control black people for yeah. life. Yeah. If you know about Willie Lynch, the plantation owner who actually has a document mm-hmm. that says the best way to control the masses, specifically black people, is to pit them against each, each other, other for the next yeah. 300 yeah. years. Yeah. We are in the 301 year. That wow. means it happened. What? <laughs> the goosebumps no. again. Yeah. That means it actually Absolutely. happened. Yeah. That to pit them against each other. And this is the thing. They said that the way that can happen is if we take their culture, use it for ourselves, they're not going to be able to make money or do anything financially, economically, socially from their own culture. Mm. And it will be successful. This is in document and it's in the journal in the British Library. It's a working document. It's a working document, which is very unfortunate. And it's the fact that it's come to pass. Yeah, it really has. And that's the thing. That's the thing behind it. And I feel like when you think about your history, when you know your history you will understand that appropriation was put in place to almost control us. Yeah. It, it, and which it has. It has happened. So that, that's why I said it's very important, especially as black people, to understand. Because if you really understand your history, you'll understand that we just can't do it. We need mm-hmm. to be on par. We need to make sure we know our knowledge, yeah. not only in dance, but that's even everything else. Because there's appropriation, obviously, of course, outside of dance. We yeah. see it. Hairstyles, Hairstyles for example. Food. Yeah food everything yeah Yeah, like we really need to relish our culture and we understand i know most people black people understand that we have value we bring value to the world majority of the things that you see has been created by a black person don't let them make you think like even inventions yeah Yeah. remember the first in woman who invented hair care products was a black woman boom if you know about the Black Wall Street that they tried to burn down mm. in the 1901, yep. there was yep. a point in African America where black people, once they came out of slavery, they became rich. Yep. There was an area in New York that they actually burnt down and became what? The projects. Mm-hmm. So we forget things like that. Like Those are the things that we, we almost at once came together as a community and were building something. White people saw it and thought, no, they're going to take over. Yep. No, burn it down. Turn it to the projects. That's where they belong let's take it and use it for ourselves that's why we say support black businesses because those are the businesses that we should be putting money into because we are building our community and building it back building it back so yeah that's like the little spiel (laughs) yeah so coming going back to what ollie said about you know we'll get that rebuttal of oh but we just want to have fun like Mm -hmm. we just want to wear a hair like this and you know i went on a cruise ship and this girl like braided my hair or whatever like you know whatever yeah (laughs) Let's keeping it back in dance, like so. I'm address the elephant in the room, yeah. So, despite what some of the black community may think, there is actually some Caucasians out there that possess a little bit of a little bit of rhythm, mm-hmm. and some of them have a nice seasoned wine. Okay, <laughs> so like, <laughs> as working dancers, uh, we all three can say that there are white people and all of that with rhythm, mm-hmm. but also not at the same time. Not all black people can dance. Like, let's. Yeah. That's also yeah. very much. True. Okay, so I've been on the back end of a black man's wine and it's not been, it's been rather <laughs> stiff. Okay, oh I'm saying. 
So, like, how do you guys feel, yeah, uh, when in dance class that you're either teaching or a part of, or even just seeing a video of it online, um, to see, like, non-black people killing it and, like, slaying, like, you know, stereotypically African dances and whatnot? Like, how does that make you feel when you see them, like, doing the thing? I feel like people hope that we get upset. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting to know, though. That, again, that perception of just, like, black, Ness and like in, yeah keep on going baby no no like you think i you think i look young at 35 because i'm watching a video of someone that's not black killing it and me i'm not going to sit here that i'm going to be stressing myself no i feel like people want us to be vexed when we see people if they're killing it they're killing it like my, i'm not blind like if someone's killing it they're killing it but people need to remember with appropriation it's the intention it's the intention mm-hmm. behind it. It's nothing to do with someone's skill. You can be amazing and incredible and still be an appropriator. Yeah. yeah. And that's on period. Mm. So it's not really about like the skill. Like our culture is meant to be, it's embracing, mm. right? So I, I, like I have a group called Afro Queens and there, mm. there's white person in there. There is, there is an Asian person in there. Mm-hmm. It's not to segregate us, yes. but it's, it's the intention behind it it's what that white person in my group is going to now do with the information that she's getting from me every week Mm -hmm. that's that's what's important she kills she's amazing yeah but what is she doing with that Mm. that's that again that again responsibility is so like i don't know if you know i am white chocolate on instagram not white chocolate so you it's see not. that white guy carnival i think he went viral a couple years yeah. back and like he, yeah. he can dance really yeah. well no, he's got so like exactly um but like how do we feel then about him monetizing <laughs> from like for example that like, the white chocolate tour like what like what do you think about that is that appropriating or like yes yeah, <laughs> So I remember seeing this and I thought to myself, I think it's the comment he made. That's the reason why I said the intention behind it is very important. Mm-hmm. I think he made a comment behind like the fact that, oh, he was the one that kind of started. Um, made it he made it popular. And I thought, yeah. oh, okay, that's dangerous capping, because, yeah, because that you did not make it popular. People have been doing it for yeah. years. I think it's that. It's Scroll on my Instagram. <laughs> Scroll back. <laughs> I think it's just the intention behind it. So, we have to you still have to be very careful there is there are some white i know white specific um like teachers in dance hall in afro Mm -hmm. who take who give homage and they train regularly they even go back to the countries where they actually learned the style from yeah and they really really pay homage which is what i guess we want to see the community want to see that's appreciation yeah Yeah. i think appropriation is expecting that because i have great oh i've got rhythm i'm just going to learn it from youtube or learn it from my friend and i'm going to start teaching after which unfortunately there are some of them that do that Mm -hmm. i've seen it in specific countries that they do that because they feel like oh i've got rhythm why not and then sometimes this is going to be very controversial right now that i'm going to make did you come to that place (laughs) sometimes in my mind when i see i'm always thinking Hmm. do they do this because they know that they have the rhythm and they know that they might go past a black person who has the same rhythm as mm. them but because they're white they can monetize they know that because this it's is like, gonna work for me i'm white i'm dancing as well as the black person oh this is gonna work for me i'm gonna make money i'm gonna be the one that's being mm-hmm. sold out sell out tours i'm gonna be able to go everywhere and i see it with some of them yeah i think the way they come across online it makes me feel like oh you know you know yeah. you have it and you know you can make money from this that's why you're doing this so 
sometimes I have that at the back of my mind. Yeah. Although sometimes they say that's damaging mental things, like <laughs> just free no, yourself I from mental I slavery. I completely agree with you because the majority of these like uh, people that like are taken from other cultures, in this instance, white people with uh, like black, quote unquote, black dancing, yeah. A lot of the time, again, responsibility, it be us when that white person person is in the club or in the class and it'd be the black people around them hyping them up oh them, like, my yeah, god oh my god yeah, yeah you see you see you see cool like we need to give them praise that they're doing the thing but also the responsibility if you care enough about the culture Thank about you. the history to then go but listen yeah now when you go outside and take this remember you need to continue still learning you need to give back you need to do, 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 yeah. do, 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 do. Yeah. it's not just gas up gas up oh my god you're amazing look oh my god yes massa because that's what you end up looking oh, like that's the worst thing is when they say oh you're invited to the cookout oh you're invited for jollof just go back and shut up So we, like you said before, Esther, uh, we see many things appropriated, hairstyles, traditions, clothing by people, um, influencers and brands such as the Kardashians, for example, receiving praise um, again and again, uh, making money um, and monetary gain from using things and practicing such such things such as, I don't know, getting the hair done, doing braids or whatever. What kind of effect does this then have on the black community when they see other people you know getting flowers for things that aren't necessarily theirs or that we we can see like you said before the intent isn't there they're not giving back how what kind of effect does that have on a community i feel like so if if i want to take the example of braids for example i'm donning braids right now and i notice so i i I do so many different hairstyles sometimes Mm. i have a wig sometimes i have my own hair sometimes i have attachments sometimes i have well this is i haven't done braids in years like this is the first time i've done braids in about five or six years Mm -hmm. but i see the difference on how people relate to me when i have certain hairstyles yeah so although i am a dancer i do have a corporate job as Mm -hmm. well and i noticed how my corporate colleagues treat me when i have braids versus when i have a wig yeah and when you think of it from the perspective of i guess someone like the kardashians Mm -hmm. they might they would see it on them and be like oh my gosh this is such a great amazing hairstyle it looks so great on you but then they see on me and they're just like oh yeah and it's it's almost like there's a relation issue sometimes i feel like it's Mm -hmm. changed recently but i feel like when i was about four or five years ago I used to get disrespected. Like, I'd be walking around and it would be like, people would be shoving me, doing all sorts of stuff. I felt like it did affect us. And even, it got to a point where I used to see black people be looking at me like, oh, like, because I have braids. Yeah, or wow. like, it's, it was, I feel like it affected, I felt that, or there was a mindset of this European thing behind, I don't know, like, the Europeanization of how we looked at one point. Because mm-hmm. at one point, I, I remember, I never used to see anyone with African hairstyles. It would be like, wigs, and that was it. Or if they had their own straightened hair, they'd have whatever, weaves, yeah, yeah like atta- things like that, straightened out. Relaxer, at one point, yeah. everyone was relaxing their hair. Yeah. So it was almost like we didn't appreciate what we had. I can see it changing now because now the the way people relate to me now when they, with this braids, I was like, oh, because it's been yeah. a while. Um, and I'm like, oh, they, they relate to me better, yeah. even better than when I'm wearing a wig. So I can see that there is a change in the community when it comes to things like that, Africanization of things and actually embracing our culture as opposed to maybe five or six years ago yeah so we should be getting i guess more i i I know i know they know that this is our hairstyle this is what we've been doing the origination of cane rose like 
has been in our i guess from from the beginning of time it's yeah. been around mm-hmm. so i feel like the, we are we're now embracing it a bit more because mm-hmm. i can see a lot of girls now they don the braids they done yeah. their own hair which is amazing um so i feel like although they might get flowers for doing these braids and say they'll call it oh i forgot what she meant she called it yeah, like it was something yeah, like it's a mad way with words yeah remember. like and it was like no that's pick and drop yes. it's not <laughs> what you called it um, <laughs> so i feel like we are we are actually embracing it more now which is great which we should be and i feel like they understand i think uh, there's something called um i don't know if you know buzzfeed yeah but they have something called they have like a segment where there's a woman that does braids for a girl and it's on snapchat and they they show different hairstyles every week now and i never saw anything like that now they like i saw her doing the other day like those braids were like crisscross braids yeah and it was like her hair was like braided all the way down on both sides oh. and she had beads and then like it was amazing just like, nice things just nice things like i feel like yeah we're getting more we're, they're get, we're getting the recognition now yeah so, yeah um how can we've discussed it previously a little bit but how can people avoid appropriating just research like people be acting like i'm asking you to sign a contract and you have to read like an an encyclopedia like just research oh my god i really love these braids like like i really want to wear braids we already know you know that it's not part of your culture where is it even from where is it even from Mm-hmm. the same way we're curious like when we see like a designer back oh my god where'd you get that from where'd you get that from exactly yeah mm-hmm. like have that same cu- uh, curiosity again it I comes mean? down to sorry to cut it short but i feel like again is that sense of value exactly because a designer bag is expensive yeah exactly. you're part, you're gonna lose out exactly so you're like let me google this let me watch the review let me see exactly. da, 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 da. but there's not that sense of value with exactly and I think culture. it's as simple as, so I'll give an example. So like the Kim Kardashian doing mm-hmm. the braids and then all of a sudden it's, it's, I think it was, I don't know if it was Cosmopolitan magazine or it was basically them, put yeah. out there that like, she was like some kind of like, oh, this new style. It takes nothing for, for her to correct that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I think, think letting it slide or letting it pass as though, you know, yes, you invent, that's when the the madness starts happening and then you can't run away from it you're an appropriator mm. so no one's saying you should when you post a picture of you in braids to not put an essay to say this is from the land of so and so it was used to create create maps and no one's asking you to do that yeah do you know what i mean but but when it when it's time to like correct something so like the, like the magazines putting it out like the do-rag thing mm. as well mm-hmm. like selling it for however much hundred pounds like it was yeah. some new invention Mad, yeah. oh my gosh like, no do you remember yeah. when they was i don't know if anyone saw it but in top shop at one point they were selling gun and must go yeah as a designer the, bag the bag yeah yeah, yeah. and it was yeah. like for 50 pounds i was like you're, you're crazy wow. i'm yeah. gonna go to go i'm gonna yeah. 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 <laughs> that is like a perfect example yeah. of, because how much of that money is, is actually it's going gonna go to yeah Ghana, number exactly. one and yeah. number two like you're yeah you're marking it as if like it's something that you've just created it's, it's just weird like it's i don't know I don't know. So, like, would you say it's possible for someone like not black or of a certain culture to practice or make monetary gain using another culture that isn't theirs? Like, for example, um, I had a really amazing conversation with Casa 
uh, Pancha, the founder of Ballet Black. Mm-hmm. Now, like, for example, we see black as um, ballet as a white art form. Its roots are in Italy, then went like, to like France and Russia, where it like, developed further. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been that way. And she has helped prove that we can do like ballet too ex- extremely well mm-hmm. at that. Uh, some like would even say like we straighten our hair um, and that's how we're maybe appropriate in like Western culture um, some what? could even say like uh, go on sorry to cut you what, what is what's well well let's do let's do another let's do even another podcast on that what yeah. is Western okay. culture okay right. <laughs> stealing things <laughs> stealing <laughs> countries people but anyway but like some would say like you know like we've got black chefs out here like Caribbean chefs like releasing books with you know quote unquote British dishes again those British dishes, I don't know where they really come from, but, you know, that's not my lane. Um, like, what is the difference there um, other than the fact that we've been, you know, oppressed and unable or unwelcomed in those spaces for centuries? But, like, what is the difference there when we do those things? I'll answer that question when someone answers what is white culture. Handa bibi Like, I'm really sorry. I feel like not everything has to have an... Like, you, like, you cannot create a question. And I feel like there's almost like this... You all, we always have to we always have to answer question we always have to answer i don't always have to answer every, everything mm-hmm. do you know because some things are pretty self-explanatory mm-hmm. so until you tell me what british dish uh, uh, like someone a uh, black chef is a pro until you explain to me what white culture is in fact i come on the googles in fact i took it up on myself to google mm. what culture actually means before people say i'm making up things yeah <laughs> culture is the ideas customs and social behavior of a particular people or society mm-hmm. okay so so what in in the uh, black chef example so what what ex- what food is it because I, I will rebuttal it with, with, with where that food is from. Well, what, I'm what, sure that the food was seasoned, like so even then, I don't feel like it's taking from... Yeah, but... <laughs> you know, like, there was things... Let me not even talk too much still, because, like, yeah. man don't want to offend her when I street. You get me? But sometimes, like, you're just backed against, against the wall and you get to the corner and you're just like, I don't have to, like, uh, like be out here, like, always trying to, like, compensate for people's like emotions and feelings like not every question is there to be answered i'm Mm. not here to be your your personal lecturer like this is not the university of trying to no no like just knowing it if i was to go back into so i was going to take i was going to use the the ideology of the superiority and inferiority complex Mm. Mm -hmm. so they say that black people actually can't be racist because we are seen as inferior. That's what it, that, well, that's when it comes down to the superiority complex. An inferior race cannot be racist, so therefore cannot actually be, I guess, suppressed or not suppressed, but they can't have um, like a, a waiting over anything. So they can't say things like, oh, white people are taking our culture because we're seen as inferior mm-hmm. and get... Um, it's, it, that, that's kind of like yeah. the, the ideology behind it so when in that context when you're saying that oh like but basically the reverse yeah like how about well black chefs for example they're making white dishes well they can because black people are seen as inferior right white Ooh, people are seen as yeah. superior so 
regardless whether black people do it white people are still superior that's that's the complex behind it so when they use that and try and twist it and say well black people do this black people do that well you were the ones that said we're inferior so why do you care (laughs) we don't have weighted so in that context yeah I, i think it's interesting when they try and do that thing where we should also be the ones that especially with hair yeah Yeah. especially with hair like it's like is white hair is white hair exclusive to someone who is white exactly yeah Mm. they say they say things like that as well it's not but it's it's not it's Mm. not though it's not Mm. so when people give that yeah but you but you wear um wigs you made me you made that your you made me your your great granddad made it that's that's what it is yeah (laughs) But it's true though, yeah. like mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like you, you made the whole hot comices where we had to hot because our hair was not was not acceptable. You yeah. made it happen, so enjoy the fruits of your labor, isn't it? Wow, <laughs> wow. enjoy the fruits of your labor. It's serious. Do you know what I mean? So now all of a sudden that's the rebuttal. Oh yeah, but you straight in your hair. Okay, relaxers was made by a white man. <sighs> See, that's one thing I didn't know. Yeah, relaxers like the actual like combs and stuff was made by a black woman. But relaxer itself, the chemical itself, was made by white people. Isn't that interesting? So that's, it's like, of course they're going to make that. Because the Afro texture was seen as, this is not beautiful. Mm -hmm. You need your hair to be straight. Relaxer. Wow. Last year, yeah, May 25th, we saw the brutal murder of George Floyd. And the world, rightly so, went into hellfire. Um, so these are like a set of questions that I'm asking all of the amazing people that are coming on um, the show. Um, how did what happened to George Floyd, the surge in the media attention and the awareness for the Black Lives Matter movement affect you last year, Olive? <laughs> um, I think the only way I can describe, because obviously George Floyd's death, God uh, rest his soul, is... Mm-hmm isn't the first one yeah do you know what i mean that's been in the mainstream media but i think that was the straw that bro- broke the camel's back and i think the um explicitness of it as well i think to me <laughs> this is as deep as it got right it got as deep as do i even want to have kids in this world Mm-mm, yeah. do you know what i mean it's like for another human surpassing you know race and stuff like if another human can do that to another i don't know like it it kind of messed me up like mentally and i think i watched that video more times than i probably should have yeah to be honest because i think the shock of it was just like i actually can't believe like yeah I'm, I'm, i'm i'm watching this like and even just like keeping up with the trial and stuff it's just like they're really trying to like make excuses for this so i think mentally um for me personally if i'm being really candid and honest Mm -hmm. um and i think during that time as well i lost quite a few friends um it it definitely messed me up mentally um and i did have to um do therapy sessions Mm -hmm. um, because it's the trauma like trauma it sits it sits in your body it sits in your mind like um so yeah it was just i don't know what it is i think spiritually as well like i think collectively around the world like it really really like affected black people yeah. and it was like this is how they're doing us and it was definitely the straw that broke the camel's back so and 
to think of how long it take it takes to get rid of trauma so when you think of something like that you link back to your childhood for instance mm-hmm. and as an adult think of how long Years, it took yeah. for you to not even get rid of it it's actually even just, just unpacking it exactly sometimes. and then once it's unpacked what exactly yeah so now this one is another one how long is that going to take because it didn't yeah. stop at, at george floyd no. do you know what i mean there's been more since. after yeah. since do you know what i mean so and i'm almost scared that it's it's, it's just going to be a normalized thing oh just yeah mm. another another black person who got killed by the police you know it is what it is and yeah the, i don't want to live in a world where that's normalized mm. Like, definitely yeah. not. How did it affect you, Esther? Oh yeah, I I remember the day I heard it, and I actually fell straight into this really dark place myself. I started to think about a lot of things, like are black people not ever able to amount to anything in this world? Mm. Do do they want to suppress us so much that they just don't want us to be successful in anything? They they just want us to live, exist, but achieve nothing. Is that really what they want from us? Like, that's what started to play in my mind. And I started to think, can I really have kids similar to Olu in this world? Like, how about bringing up a son in this world? Like, am I going to be able to do it? Like, am I always going to be thinking when he gets to 15, don't leave the house. I'm going to have to suffocate him. Like, I started to think about all these things. And I just thought, is this really our society? Is this what life is going to be like? And I remember listening into the LA so as soon as it happened they did this like zoom call for the whole of the LA police department and I could hear the anger people calling in like calling into that and like saying like how dare you like stuff like that we are also we are still human like you're basically trying to say because of my skin tone which I cannot control you were going to kill me like it's it's ridiculous and we we've passed those times like why are we still having to go back centuries back and still suffer the same way our ancestors our pre-ancestors had to suffer and we are still suffering from the same things now it's like it it, i was just thinking about all these things similar to olu i had to seek therapy as well because it started to play in my mind and a lot i started to think about really dark stuff and Mm -hmm. it, it just i just need needed that clarification and i don't know what it is it almost like after after this therapy sessions i had more i guess zeal and hope yeah but um, I guess like with the trial now and the the judgment that's come from the trial, although people say um, it's great, that's one. That's one. Yeah. Although they, it stands for, I guess it stands in law, for example, like people who study law now, that's going to be something that is going to be in the cases yeah. that they, they study, that an actual black per- person was reprimanded for killing a black person yeah. in history. That's the first time it's happened. Wow, yeah. So... Of course, all the ones after, we'll see with the next trial with the woman who said that it was a taser and it was a gun she pulled mm. out. We'll see what happens with that trial and yeah. all the trials after. But yeah, hopefully it sets a precedent. I'm just hoping that it does. We can only hope. And again, another big question is where are you now? Well, I, I would say I'm, a, I'm definitely a better place. I, I'm definitely much more optimistic. Um Although things like that do pry in my mind mm-hmm. from time to time, I am still quite still apprehensive about bringing up a son. Mm. I think more in the Western world. I don't think whether I could bring up a son in the UK or America mm. just because of how I feel things are going. Um, that, that I might have to relocate to Africa possibly because I just feel like maybe the, the standard of living a life is much more there's much more of like a, I have friends there and they seem like they love the community there and it's better um, 
it's sad that I'm thinking like that, being the fact that I was born in the UK and I guess my parents actually immigrated from those countries to for to seek I guess greener pastures and to be able to actually have kids in a place where I guess it it was better better living so the fact that it's almost done full circle and then because of these events I'm thinking about now going back Back, it's it's crazy but I guess the positive thing about that is you're amongst your own yeah and you will be accepted more Mm. so if you don't want to accept me then it's fine I'll go back to my peeps (laughs) where I'm accepted so I think, yeah, similar to Esther, um, it is definitely still something that plays on my mind. If I, I and I'm, I really, really want kids, like as many as God will permit me to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just not convinced that I will want to raise them in the Western world. Um, and, you know, some people might turn their nose up at that. But I think when you're dealing with a lot of trauma and you've seen so many things happen in the world it's like how do I protect my own um but on a positive note um I think right now I'm just focusing on how I can elevate and uplift my people how I can help build generational wealth within my community um and within like my country Nigeria and Ghana which I love so much that's like my second hometown um Um, yeah, and, and the, the way that I do that is through my creativity and through dance and just, you know, being um, a leader in my community and, you know, continuing to be, stay and be in and create my own lane um, and just, yeah, creating opportunities and work where I can for my own people. That's not to say that I will, um, that I will specifically, like, leave out like someone of an opportunity just because you know they are not from the black community but i'm not scared to say that my priority um is is my people in the black culture i'm not i'm not scared to say that so and i think yeah people around me who are not from the black community completely understand that and i'm grateful um, for them because they they I are very supportive yeah because they're aware that's mm-hmm. like a true ally because they're aware of the severity of the situation they're aware which is why they support it it's the ops that that yeah. don't think racism is a thing or only mm-hmm. see racism as you know lynching or you know the, mm-hmm. using the word the the, the n-word or mm-hmm. things of that nature um so like where would you where do you think the world is now then especially in terms of appropriation and appreciation since uh what happened last year i think people are more um outspoken about it Mm. i think people are more outspoken about it for sure i think when people see it like especially with social media which is a silver lining because i have like a love-hate relationship with social media and so does esther yeah but it can be good for some things and i think people when they see it like they're not scared to call it out and we've seen some amazing outcomes so there's a page on on instagram that's called and um, pull up or shut up and what it oh, was, what was yeah so it was a page that um was holding these um huge companies um accountable so um okay. fashion beauty radio even facebook to be honest and what it asked them was and this was around the peak of when the george floyd um, thing happened and it was asking them to show the percentage of the black people they employ on their leadership team not in your warehouses not on the the shop floor 
image yeah not on the shop floor but in your leadership team because apparently um depending on the percentage of obviously the population and stuff there's a um a percentage of um ethnic minority which i hate that term but ethnic minority that you should be employing mm-hmm. um and and yeah she was holding a lot of people accountable and all of these companies Good. were and they, and it, it wasn't like a old oh, you just write a text no 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 show me the pictures let yeah. me see the receipt and a lot of these companies were showing their pi- out on yeah and they didn't DNA. have anyone and they didn't they didn't have Bruh. anyone and it was like this is our commitment to what we will be doing in the next Good, year to, yeah. and i feel like that was that that was incredible mm. to do um don't get me wrong like there were some that i was looking at sideways because i was like you market yourself around there were some yeah. companies that i was shocked that it wasn't black owned i was like eh? when i found out that cantu was white oh, owned, yeah eh? yeah yes, yeah cantu i, it. I was in a shock but that makes sense because when it was my hair but it was super <laughs> mole super mole super mole i said german yeah german so, yeah a super mall yeah the no. one that's always in the yes. african hall parties yeah. are you crazy and i think it opened up a lot of our, the community's eyes and it's like we buy into even sleek makeup i don't know that one i know sleek, sleek makeup, makeup a lot of black there. people that wear sleek makeup yeah, and it's and, and it's just like they're wearing fenty now <laughs> yeah 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 we were oh we wear a fenty now henny yep. um so i think things like that like have just been amazing and, and i want to be part of that that type of movement holding one thing i do want to say real quick is supermalt because i've i've worked with supermalt they were owned yet but they actually do bits mm-hmm. they do put back into the community mm-hmm. like they sponsored mm-hmm. my show they sponsored get the belt live Amazing. podcast and i know they sponsored a lot of dancers yeah. as well they yeah. are out here doing they actually do contribute back like mm-hmm. yeah but i think it's more the the awareness because i think sometimes mm-hmm. you 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 buy into like some companies just because you just assume yeah that they are and i'm not saying like people shouldn't support companies because they're not yeah. black owned but i think it just made us think like raw like the like the little you know in it like this is oh, making me want to see this. who dax is in by remember dax i think i've got some back there oh like the dax, hair the, the hair, hair thing the yeah. yeah i wonder who that yeah 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 but yeah, yeah check out that page because that page was was yeah was holding a lot of companies mm-hmm. responsible um and then when you look at like their their target audience it just wasn't mathing like you have 0.1 percent of a black person on your leadership team but then your market audience is like 90 percent black mm. it's like how does how does that that even is white work? supremacy right there That's yeah like how is. how does that because you that know we're especially in the hair and beauty industry because we're the ones who like buy into that yeah. culture so much you yeah. know what i mean so it's like yeah just educating like ourselves on things like this is just yeah super super important um yeah and you asked so where do you think the world is now in terms of like appropriation and appreciation post 2020 um i feel like there is there's more of a balance now but mm. again i'm still questioning the intentions behind mm-hmm. it i feel like it's just the intention um of course like we mentioned like for example Superwell are doing great things but yeah. how many of those who are predominantly are actually catering to an audience that is not their own are actually doing the right thing mm-hmm. there's probably a very very small percentage like we were saying leadership teams like how many are in there and in general in a lot of big companies where they have to make decisions for specifically another race there is no one uh, there is no one in those leadership teams to actually be able to make this decision so it's almost like okay so how are you making the decision for us like you're basically doing it for us yeah. you don't actually know us so 
that's the thing so it's almost like we need to see statistics i feel like every company in the world needs to be given their statistics yeah Yeah, it needs to be audited on that on diversity because that's and i know that that, that's an actual job title now like there's jobs diversity officers that work or they call them diversity and inclusion officers within companies how many companies do we know in within hair and beauty for example do they have that there's majority i don't think it exists really So, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for me to say, like, how it is, unless I see statistics like that, in terms of, like, the actual physical evidence. Yeah. Although it does seem like it's better than before, I just feel like I, I would need to see for me to make a proper judgment on, okay, yeah, yeah. it's it's different now. If I, if I don't see those statistics, I can't really make a judgment on it. Mm-hmm. Going back to, I think both of you even said, like, the events and, you know, just being black, period... Um, have had you, you know, seeking therapy and things like that. Um, and one of the uh, aims of this whole week and this series of podcasts, which I'm hosting, is to bring more awareness um, and to continue having these conversations, which we can all learn from. And we are raising money for Black Black Minds Matter. Um, now, their mission is to connect Black individuals with family and family, sorry, with free mental health services. Uh, by professional black therapists to support their mental health. How important is mental health to you both? And like, what advice do you have drawn from your, you know, years of your experience to nurture your own mental health? Wow. I just want to shout out Black Minds Matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, yeah. because I used them recently. I, I actually oh, just finished yeah. my, I think it was 12, 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, oh, shout out Kareen Young, who really, really mm-hmm. helped mm-hmm. me um in terms of everything i was going through at the time because she literally put it into perspective for me and i haven't been in a better mental state since beforehand so really shout out to them for doing that initiative um i think in general just in case how so so the question is like to in terms of how we keep in the right mindset how you take care of your own mental health so i guess a lot of the tactics or the the things she kind of rep well she recommended have helped me things like taking the time out i guess to really make time for yourself i never used to do things like that um like even the simplest things like she asks me things like what do i like doing like besides dance because she knows i love dance that is my passion what else is there and i used to i was like oh like I used to do this thing, right, where I used to like have a bubble bath. I used to get them bubble stuff from Lush. Remember, oh, you know yeah, Lush, yeah, yeah. And I used to put them in the like bath bombs, and just have, and I just have like have all the lights, candles, yeah. and then I would be playing on my piano or something slow and yeah. nice, and I just gather my thoughts and just yeah. think about all the great things that have happened so far in my life. I used to do that a lot. Why did I stop? Mm. Things like that. She's like, start doing that again. I started doing it again. I felt so much better. I felt yeah. like wow and i started thinking again about all the great things i've done things like that so there's different things i do usually that's like one example but yeah there's so many recommendations and i feel like everyone should just tap into that like everyone has that one thing some are lucky to have it as a career like we've made a career i guess out of dance but some some people's passions aren't a career like I guess now you can make anything a yeah, career. They can, but be. yeah, <laughs> definitely. But um, those passions, look at other stuff. Like everyone has more than one passion. Like, yeah, there's other things, even simplest things like reading. Like yeah, some people love reading, like a good romantic novel. Yeah, like, that that might help you. Um, Piggybacking off of what you said, like I was on black back when like Clubhouse was that a thing <laughs> I used to do like, all the time. <laughs> I had to really take a, a back seat. <laughs> 
Because I was going to sleep at like 9 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Speaking <laughs> yeah, with these Americans. Same. It's a bit mad. <laughs> but um, yeah, like this one girl I met a really... Oh, I can't remember her name. Oh, she basically is... Um, like a mental health coach and things of that nature things of that like nature and she even said to me like miles and it took me like almost a month to do i said i'm gonna do it but she was like miles like i know you're stressed so what i want you to do for yourself is to run a bath mm. put candles on play your favorite music and the only thing that she added was make post-it notes about things that you either find like sexy about yourself or Ooh. like you love about yourself yeah, like and put the post-it notes around the wall and just sit and just like relish relish those things and sit i didn't do the post-it notes i didn't get that far i definitely like put on some beyonce and lit some candles yes. now. <laughs> my, little, my aldi candles <laughs> but like i yeah next time and i'm actually going to do it try with the um post-it notes all the things yeah. that you know either that you find sexy about yourself or just like things that you're that you like but yeah, yeah. um and like what you said about doing something that you like i also find that once you find out or realize what you like and you identify that as you know you time or doing something for you it makes it so much easier because it took me like therapy to hear you know miles the way you do self-care is cooking i thought what oh yes i was like what she's like well you talked about you you like doing it like next time you actually get down whether you need to cook or not go into the kitchen and cook and you know what? It 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 does help. Mm, I love that. It, it does help. So like, there's been time I've had my whole meal pe- prep in the ki- in the fridge, and like I'm like, oh my god, like I don't need it. But where I'm stressed out, I'll just go into my cupboard, get out some stuff, play some music, and I'll cook. And honestly, I feel so much better after. And there's more goosey in the house at the end. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how do you like take care of your um, mental health, Ollie? Um Not Esther. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of like I'm I'm an introvert, even though like I can be like loud and stuff when I'm comfortable around mm-hmm. people. But I can be both. Yeah, yeah, both, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I'm an introvert, and because I like a lot, like my corporate job, like I have to speak to people for like eight to ten hours a day in dance. Like you have to interact all the time. So I think having those moments where it's just me and my thoughts and I'm not distracted by anything is really, really important to me. Um, so yeah, I try and do that. I, I do journal quite a lot. I started journaling um, a few months ago. Um, well, actually the back end of last year. Um, I would love to continue my therapy. So I also did uh, the 12 therapy sessions with Black Minds Matter, um, which was amazing. And she was the one that actually... Um, encouraged me and she really really helped me to start um the clothing line that i recently launched two weeks ago yeah so yeah we are afroqueens.com go yes. visit that yes. yeah <laughs> one of the items is named after esther actually oh, yeah so visit that we are afroqueens.com come on um, yeah, did so Esther get one of those for free? Or yeah, her? she did actually. <laughs> she actually <Ow>. did. <laughs> um, yeah, so she, although I had like the idea and like I was like, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm a procrastinator. Like mm. I will find all the ways why it will not work yeah. and it will take me forever to do it. But like she really helps me. So yeah, journaling, um, I would love to continue uh, therapy sessions, but I feel like I'm more, um, I communicate more when I'm like, 
stressed or like down whereas before i would just hold everything mm. in and just hope for the best and yeah that Oof, obviously yeah. hasn't worked like in it's the past me, yeah. um so yeah journaling taking time just with my thoughts and with myself and i try and do one nice thing for myself every week um majority of the time it is ordering from deliveroo <laughs> food well, speaks to my soul yeah five guys mine mine is from anish anish if you're gonna hey, if you yes. listen to just, this you need to sponsor here, me they listen, don't come here, so annoying. you need to sponsor me anish if you ever come across this podcast listen like the way i'll be ordering from them the pound of jam and eforiro the F for Rero, like baby. Um, so yeah, and like their I, seafood okra as well. Yeah, bangs. Oh, yeah, days. don't. I might go home and I'll order that. God. Um, but yeah, so I try and do. I, I try and, and and do that for mm. for myself. So. So, yeah. do you guys have any advice to um, any you know young black girls, boys, and non-binaries out there trying to like break through? Yes. Um, so I, I'm so I'm I'm so passionate, especially for dark-skinned women in mm-hmm. the industry. I've put out visuals. The first visual I put out was this dark-skinned girl back in 2017 of all dark-skinned women dressed in African attire, choreography. I set it in a rainforest, and I shot that. Then you were out here doing Black is King before Black was oh, King. Oh, oh, okay. Period. Oh, let's right. talk about that one. That's let's let's talk about that's that one. Let's talk about that one. And then I put out Dear Black Queen recently and Olu was in there that and that was I used that basically the whole COVID thing. Check it out, Dear Black Queen. I feel like such YouTube. a dickhead that I've not been following you. Like who like what do you say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on. Um yeah, Dear Black Queen, because I'm so passionate, especially about dark skinned women in the mm-hmm. industry, because oh gosh, what the stuff I've been through being in the industry, I feel like if I didn't really find that dance passion if there wasn't a huge passion for it and i didn't believe i had a gift in it i would have quit a long time ago mm. just because of all the things and how how pressured i felt like oh is it because i'm light or is i'm not i'm not able to get these jobs i, I don't look that attractive to someone because i'm not light like mm. is that why i can't book in this industry mm. that's what, all the things that used to play in my mind so but it's my thick skin and knowing that i had something although yeah. sometimes i would doubt it i'd be like why am i not getting ahead like i need to but i always believed i had something and that's what therapy helped with as well because she said there's a reason why you are still here there's a reason why mm. certain things have happened to me yeah. they can't just be out of luck like mm. there's a reason why you're here and I, that's what i want the i guess the youth to to believe i want them to believe that if you really love dance put the work in in terms of knowing your niche because i believe in being unique like yeah. there are some millions of dancers coming out all the time what makes you different and sets yeah. you apart make sure you know that and once you do believe in it and keep going and yeah. be consistent no matter what it's going to come mm-hmm. the consistency i'm also talking about because there's social media is too big i know gen mm-hmm. z specifically they feel like if i'm not 100k on social media and that's yeah. it i'm trash i'm, n- I'm not gonna yeah. make it i won't get ahead no because majority of us don't have a following and we have got a head yeah majority of us are able to make a coin like a, a good coin i'd yeah. say and get ahead from just being unique and yeah. believing in ourselves so i want to like hone in on that because i see it and i see the I, I guess the animosity a lot of people have when they're not getting a following and not everyone is going to have millions of followers yeah. that's what they need to understand some mm-hmm. are going to still be able to get ahead without it so 
just believe in yourself stay consistent it's about wanting the the the, the clout and not the talent the I talent like yeah you, you get confused with what you're chasing that yeah clout exactly or the, or the accolades and you can have yeah. clout and no accolades for real yes you know what i mean so just believe in yourself honing on your niche and you'll get there mm-hmm. that's what i always stand by that so yeah um and what would you um and i asked you this question Oli. what would you what advice would you give to a white person trying to come through in this in this game i think just converse like mm. just have conversations like with people who may be in you know that genre of dance or music or fashion or beauty or whatever whatever it is just converse yeah. not everything has to be hostile mm-hmm. do you know what i mean i feel like when we have these conversations it, it always feels like it's gonna be like a head like we're always butting head it doesn't have to be no, yeah. like it it's a genuine like you're intrigued or you want to know more about someone's culture mm-hmm. and if someone came to me and said like oh tell me about like where you're actually from like yeah. what I would love that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would absolutely love that. And I would rather it be that type of conversation where we're exchanging um, rather than it be something where it's combative and mm-hmm. it's like an argument and stuff. Just just have conversation. Just like we do on a... Just like you would ask me, oh, where did you do your hair? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, where did you get your trainers from? Like, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like an argument, but we can get it on and popping if it needs to, if it need like if it needs to be combative and it needs to be <laughs> then we yeah we can we, we can do that too like but but also <laughs> but i don't want anyone to look on on how i present my culture as hostile and animosity because yeah. my culture is so beautiful yeah do you know what i mean and and, and i yeah and i and i want to be able to to give it to you with love Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing is, I feel like people so, know that, and they know that yeah, it's welcoming. Yeah. Which is another reason why people that aren't from the culture feel so able to mm. come in and mm. you know partake because it is mm. welcoming. And I yeah. feel like black people are very welcoming. Mm-hmm. Like when, when we even speak about like living here in London and stuff, like the first thing you get is people aren't friendly. Mm. People yeah. aren't friendly. <laughs> you go to the, the Caribbean, you go to Africa everyone wants to be your friend everyone wants to talk to you so like that emanates not just in the places where we live but it's in our food it's Mm -hmm. in our fashion it's in our art Mm -hmm. it's in our conversation it's in our slang people want to use like Mm -hmm. it is welcoming um and Mm -hmm. i do feel like it's something in the back of you know uh, a white person's mind whether they know it or not that is linked to them knowing deep down that racism exists Mm -hmm. that the oppression exists that is then when they find it awkward to say i want mm-hmm. i want to speak or question you about mm-hmm. this about your culture mm-hmm. because i feel like deep down they know there's mm-hmm. been problems there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah but the only way that we can you move know forward. change the narrative and move and move forward and know how to navigate around that mm-hmm. is to have unfortunately those uncomfortable uh, yeah conversations to be honest and that there is nothing that i can i'm not here to make you feel less comfortable you know what i mean it's going to be uncomfortable regardless my Mm -hmm. job isn't to make you feel nice and fuzzy on the inside but it's definitely a them thing yeah exactly it's not our problem Mm -hmm. but what i would like is it to be um 
a conversations that a conversation that's from a place of love and education and, as opposed to like always like that it's it, like it's draining yeah when you have to do yeah. that it's so draining mm-hmm. um and i'd just rather not but again like if it has to be that then it has to be that but mm. my preferred way would just be to have like open conversations yeah. from a place of love to be honest um mm. yeah well, thank you so much, ladies, for thank you know you for coming, having us, for coming yeah. down South London in this <laughs> rainy weather, yeah, listen, <laughs> and having listen. this amazing conversation. Like again, props to you both for doing what you're doing. Um, for all the jobs that you've booked, you're gonna book. Amen. For your own, Amen. yeah, for your own um, companies Amen. that you're making and doing for your degrees, sis. Yes. For everything for the corporate jobs that you're still working that continue to like put into the art put into the communities and like you're both seen which is why we really wanted you here yeah, to be you. a part thank of this you. conversation and it's been a pleasure speaking with you thank you thank you so much <laughs> Yay. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.